You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Transform Your Profits podcast. Today I will be talking to Joshua Tharby. Now Josh has an amazing success story. At the tender age of just 26, he's just still a baby, he has managed to take his firm from scratch, from zero to 200k in less than 24 months, age just 26. I first came across Josh uh, and a year ago he was starting to do stuff on social media and I've noticed his meteoric rise as he becomes ubiquitous in the social media world and through his very clear and clever positioning strategies managed to get his firm to where he is today and he's got huge ambitions of where to take his firm going forward. So great episode, lots to learn from Josh and where he's focused his efforts, how he's managed to get the success that he has. So without further ado, we'll go straight in and I'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome everyone. Today I am pleased to have with me Joshua Tharby. Hi Josh. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Fantastic. Now, great to have you on, Josh, as well. And you are ubiquitous on social media, so you're probably no stranger to to people on the the platform who are listening. So we're going to be talking to Josh about what he's achieved, because it is simply astonishing. The title of this uh, podcast live is How I Grew My Practice from Zero to 200K in Less Than 24 Months, Age 26. And that is exactly what Josh has achieved. So there's lots of things we can learn from Josh. Feel free to put your questions in the comments. So let's get started. First of all, Josh, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into accounting, and we will take it from there. Yeah. So how I got into accounting, really, um, growing up as a kid, I I wanted to be a DJ. Um, My mum said, no, you've got to get a proper job. You need a profession. (laughs) Um, um, So basically almost got pushed into accountancy in terms of that's what was considered a proper job, a proper profession. So I did that um, at college day, T level three, which is where I first started out. Um, and then after that, yeah, and figured I actually quite enjoyed accounting. I've always been involved in business um, and I couldn't really come up with my own business idea. So I thought, okay, yep, yeah, the numbers and getting involved with all that kind of stuff is the second best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, accountancy, enjoyed it. Went to university, did it for a bachelor's degree and a master's degree as well. Um, completed all of that and started working for top 20 firms. So um, Safri Shampness, McIntyre Hudson, those kind of guys before thinking, you know what? There's an opportunity here to do things differently to the way they're doing them. Um, so in 2018, which is when I basically took the step to start my own accountancy business, which is when I founded JSM Partners. Mm, fantastic. So you just decided to bite the bullet, go it solo. You gave your notice in. And then, you know, what, what happened next? What was that first couple of months like? Talk to us about yeah, that. Yeah. So, so, so looking back, the first couple of months was basically me wasting time, um, <laughs> to be quite frank. I was doing things that weren't important. Um, whether that's kind of, it must have, I must have spent pretty close to two two months um, most days just messing around my website. Um, it was literally all these kind of things that weren't income generating tasks. They weren't getting me in front of clients. Um, so I'm quite confident if I did the exact same thing again now, knowing what I know, I'd get to the end destination a hell of a lot quicker just because I know what works and what doesn't. And I know where to not waste time. So things like that, that's definitely um, what I did for the first couple of months. Um, 
kind of spent a lot of time maybe writing blog articles and doing a lot of reading as well because when I left practice there were some gaps in my knowledge so I spent a lot of time doing a tremendous amount I think I must have done a good, a good couple of hundred hours worth of CPD as soon as I left practice just to bring me up to speed so mm-hmm. that's where I spent the first couple of months for sure sure okay so I know that you specialize in property and it's something that I talk about a lot too with my accountant audiences about the importance of positioning yourself about niching. So I'm very keen to explore that a bit further with you, Josh. Tell me when it first, uh, when you first started to realize that you wanted to focus in property, was it something that you had uh, kind of preempted and was it intentional? Did you fall into it? When did you first realize that that's what you wanted to do? And then talk to me about how that then kind of, you know, snowballed in effect to kind of what it is today. And, and no doubt your, your success is due to, a lot of your success is due to that kind of very clear positioning as to who you're talking yeah market is because that has led to all the great content that you're putting out on a regular basis so let's let's do a deep dive into into that a little bit yeah absolutely so in terms of property i've always been interested in property myself you know i used to kind of sky of school just to watch homes in the hammer um so i've always been involved in property the way it works so this kind of naturally transitioned through so whilst i was working in, in practice um networking with other property investors as well on, on, the, on the circuit and all these facebook groups so i was aware of the property industry and the fact that there was a need for property specialist accountants of how complicated it can be so instantly as soon as i left i knew that we were going to be property specialists that said within the first couple of months um especially when it was quite slow getting clients i thought ah is it am i have i made the right decision here should i be a general practice everyone else does it so there were those doubts um but then the more and more i think about it the more clients we get and the mistakes we've made from taking on clients that aren't in the property sector uh, whether it's a, a trading business and then you, you start doing things differently when you've got different systems that work for all of your property clients then all of a sudden you're doing a vat return um for a, a trading business that's completely different to the property sector all of the headaches that you have to take in order to learn that, stay on top of it, it just becomes a problem. So now we don't touch anybody that's not a property. Mm, absolutely. So how long was it after you started your practice that you actually doubled down and, and put kind of that quite clear messaging out to the marketplace that you are the property specialist? And what was one of the first things you did? Because I know you run a very successful Facebook group as well, which has got thousands yeah. of members. So did that kind of coincide with you setting up the Facebook group? How did that emerge? Yeah, so all of that, when did we set that up? So I think it was January 2019, um, which is over that Christmas period. We did a lot of marketing. So I thought, yeah, we're going to set up this Facebook group, write a free ebook as well, get some email addresses and do a bit of a marketing push. So we, we did all that. I'd say I, I really doubled down on becoming in, in the property sector, probably nine months into the business. And I thought, hang on a minute. We've got something here. Let's actually, if we want to spend all this time reading books, some of those are marketing books. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Daniel Priestley stuff was, was great. Um, and basically I just thought, you know what, you can't be everything to everybody. You know, clients, I think they're, they're like fish. You can't try, you, you need a specialist nets. You can't go catch tuna with a fishing rod. You need a tuna net. So you have to be specialist in order to get the right content in front of them in order for them to bite end of the day so as soon as i realized that we doubled down and we stopped taking on anyone else from any other industry and everything we put out was okay is somebody who's a property investor gonna like this mm. brilliant no absolutely um and I, and I echo your sentiments you know when you try and appeal to everyone you appeal to no one so yeah. it is very important to kind of know who your target market is so we so a lot of people struggle with actually 
coming up with their specialist sector because they worry that they're going to turn down a business. But actually what tends to happen is they get the right type of inquiries and are able to service those clients a lot better and get paid a lot more for actually servicing a particular sector a lot better than a generalist. So when was that, when did that kind of real penny drop? Because presumably for that first nine months, you were taking on anyone and everyone. And then what really led you to say, right, that's it. From now on, I'm only going to take on property. And you, you said you read some books. Um, was it through your, your interest in property? Did you already have kind of, was your, was your client base made up mostly of property clients? You know, how, how did you, you know, just going back to that stage to really, what were the key factors that really helped you to make that uh, critical decision of yours? Yeah, so it was almost when we were just trying to refine our marketing message in all of our literature on the website. What is it? Are we the number one firm of accountants? Are we profit? So who are we looking for? Are we looking for even kind of going back about a year ago okay yeah we're we can help property business owners and entrepreneurs so it's all about when we're looking at the message that's just that message in itself is confused um it's too wide-ranging who do you help is it property investors or entrepreneurs you can't help everybody um and it's at that point we thought hang on a minute i enjoy working in property there's good money in it when we've worked with tradespeople in the past for instance um my experience of working with people in the trade is a nightmare. They've got lumpy cash flow. It's difficult getting money out of them. In the property sector, in order to buy a property, you need money. So we've never had any issues with recoverability of invoice or anything along those lines. So for me, it just seemed like the right industry to be in. Mm, absolutely. Fantastic. Right. So now we've made that decision as to who our target market is. So now talk to me about, you know, how did you... What were the things that you did that got you the most traction? So clearly you set up the Facebook group, you did other things. Um, you know, what, talk to me about some of the things that you did, perhaps, you know, elaborate on what you did in the Facebook group. Where did you get most of your inquiry? Yeah. So I suppose really we, we got a lot of it just by giving everything away for free. Um, so for the first couple of months, for sure, I was spending most of my time just helping people. That was it. So you uh, kind of just speaking to people, if I had any questions, literally giving away free advice, free phone calls, just doing what you can, where you can to help people, because all of that does come back around without a shadow of a doubt. Um, we've got people now that we spoke to, say, a year or two ago help them out with their situation they recommend us all of their friends um if they've got any questions at all they come mm-hmm. to us and ultimately everything does come back around in the form of a new client so that was 100 percent um where a lot of it came from and then the facebook group make sure you've kind of written a book or something on those lines a great great lead magnet to say that you've got your mailing list that you are using it you are putting great content out there um so that that would definitely be it Mm, absolutely yeah i know your facebook group is is very um very active how many members have you got in there now is it uh so at the moment we've got um i think it's 12.6k wow. um which yeah which is it's the largest property tax facebook group mm. um and it's one of the largest uh, kind of along among the largest property groups itself as well yeah absolutely no that, that's a fantastic uh, achievement and i kind of i like the way how you kind of phrased it it wasn't anything about you it was just called property tax secrets and and yeah. which landlord doesn't want to find out about property tax secrets so clearly you did something right there in terms of either naming the group um to try and get people to join it so i mean would you say you get uh, actual inquiries to work with you from the group itself yeah 100 yeah. percent. in terms of everything we do um I'd say 95% of our business doesn't even come through the Facebook page. It's my Facebook profile. People buy from people. They want to work with Josh, the property accountant. It's Mm -hmm. all in my inbox. That's where it all comes from. So when I'm posting those videos, they see my face. They see it's me. They've seen a lot of them have been watching the videos for the past year. So they know, like, and trust me. So it's just a case of, ah, I need an accountant. Josh is the go-to guy. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's another avenue that we're kind of right. So in terms of we've chosen our, chosen our target audience, you've got the lead magnet in place, you've, you've got the Facebook group, and that's kind of growing and nurturing an audience. And then it's that accelerator, that turbo booster supercharge with the videos. Because I know you're someone yeah. who's very active on video. I've certainly found when you do videos, you accelerate that kind of that no like and trust factor that somebody yeah. needs to be able to work with you. Yes, you can do it through the written form, through blogs and articles. But when you're consistently doing video, you're in people's faces, you're in there on their phones. Yeah. It just makes that uh, that that process a lot faster. So, so talk to me about your video journey. When did you start? How did you start? Um, 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 yes, I think we must have started well over a year ago, I think, in terms of doing, we definitely did a lot of pre-recorded videos, starting out on my iPhone, um, then we started doing a lot more kind of professional, getting a lot more equipment, pro- proper proper stuff in, proper lighting. Um, so yeah, literally probably started over a year ago, trying to at least put out one a week, I think was my initial target. And then we thought, you know what, let's ramp this up one a day. So I think at some point last month, for, me, for the whole, I think it's August, September time, we did a live video each and every day, live at five in the Property Tax Secrets group. So that's a great way to engage with your audience because there are people on there you know, saying, hi, Josh, and you get to interact with them. Um, so it's just a great way to build that trust factor up massively that that could not be done writing an article articles are faceless um these live videos where you're interacting with people you're knowing them so when they they, when you work with them they don't just become your clients they almost become your friends because Mm -hmm. you've been speaking to them so regularly it's like yeah how how's your children oh yeah did you get that problem sorted out you've got you've had that conversation for a much longer period of time Mm, absolutely i couldn't agree with you more um i mean clearly you're a very confident chap so maybe video was easy for you but you know, talk to me about kind of because a lot of people, you know, they have their, um, you know, obviously a bit, bit, bit nervous. Uh, it's kind of that barrier that I can't get a video. I can't really find myself to, to, to record a video. What will people think? You know, I don't like the sound of my own voice and all the other things that our mind tells us to, uh, um, to stop us from doing the things that we know we need to do. I mean, clearly, it's when you base it on facts and logic, we know guaranteed the results are there. People who have tr- gone down the path of doing video have noticed a direct return on investment by doing so but yet still so many people are reluctant to do it so did you face some of those fears and voices in your head and and yeah 100 percent. i've been watching the videos back thinking i don't like this but i thought it's got it's got to go out there you've got to record these videos in terms of comparing what i don't like i don't like being poor compared to i don't like doing video so for me it was a no-brainer um if i can put this video out there and it's going to get me clients which is ultimately going to increase the practice you can bet that that's exactly what I'm going to do compared to if I don't do this, I can write these articles um, kind of just get lost in the sea of other accountants. So for me, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it at first. I still don't really like it now. It's, it's okay, but I just accept it as what it's just what you've got to do. Um, so I, I accept that because I know it's going to get results and ultimately it's going to allow me to have money and do the things that I want to do. Mm, absolutely absolutely yeah it's got that famous saying isn't it we may not like the process but we love the results so we've got to do yeah. it like anything in life you want to get fit you want to get in shape you've got to cut down your calories you've got to move more we yeah. may not like doing that but we love the results we you know we want to look trimmer we want to get into that dress or those jeans yeah. we want those results and if we want it so bad and then we've got we've got to follow the the, the process so yeah. so you know video has been going uh, well for you 
Uh, you know, what, what else have you done on the kind of uh, the marketing front that you would recommend for others to, to do? To, to, to be honest, yeah, literally just video. In terms of actual costs, not including, say, maybe up until we brought some camera equipment, we hadn't spent a penny on marketing, not including mm-hmm. what, kind of seven quid for a domain name and £10 for your website hosting. We hadn't spent a penny on marketing whatsoever, literally just through making videos on your iPhone, and that was it. That's all we did. Um, so even now, we don't really do any of the marketing. Um, it's literally just social media, which is all free. Um, for Christmas, when we had this Father Taxmas stuff. We put a couple of quid behind some Facebook ads. Um, but for us, that's not we're not even looking at Facebook ads really at the moment because there's so much free traffic out there. Until we've fully exhausted that, until that kind of sea is completely empty, there's no point um, because we can put more videos out there, especially with YouTube at the moment, which is what we're growing at the moment. Um, put more content out on there, which just takes time. And then overall, until that's exhausted, we won't be looking at any of a video, we won't be looking at any of a marketing opportunity just because we need to utilize this one first. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, you were talking about organic traffic. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there is, you know, we know that with uh, with Facebook marketing, there everyone tells us that organic marketing is, is kind of dead. And it is in a way because uh, obviously the Facebook algorithm has changed so that they've got a huge uh, ad machine, which means that to get any exposure on uh, Facebook, you've got to spend money. But you've done something yeah. different there. And you mentioned this earlier that you've actually befriended a lot of people on Facebook. Um, so you've actually, your only profile, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, your, is that your personal profile is essentially a business profile because you've got all these friends, but actually they are people in your audience who are potential yeah. clients. So was that a deliberate move up to kind of just- Yeah, 100% kind of guerrilla marketing 101 in the early days um so yeah literally this facebook profile i've got another one i don't really use anymore because i literally use facebook for business um, i don't want to waste time scrolling through social media so we've got this it's fully optimized basically so as soon as you see this you see a link to book a call with me if you want to contact me or there's some content on there which basically shows to you explains to you that you know this guy's giving away free information so let's accept this let's follow him so when we first started out there's a lot of groups out there so one of them was it was property groups i'd look through all of the members with this newly set up profile that had been optimized and add everyone add managing director director ceo of the property business to get my profile in front of them so that they see from requests oh who's this joshua tharby guy oh he's a property tax specialist safety tax oh let's look at his video um and we've had so many clients that have come directly from that literally they accept from request two minutes later oh i'm looking for an accountant <laughs> and then they, they convert as easy Absolutely. as that yeah, that, that's great advice. And for people who are listening, take note of that. Um, because, you know, I've kind of done the same as well using my, a lot of people are reluctant. They say, well, I don't want to use my personal profile for business purposes. But actually, your business page will get zero exposure on yeah. their Facebook. They won't give you any exposure. And if you've tried, you've got to use it via ad. So actually, use your personal profile as your business profile and connect with people that you want to connect to. Make sure your your Facebook profile is like your LinkedIn profile in a way. And that it's optimized. Yeah. It says who you are. What you're all about, what uh, you know, who you help, how you help them, how people can get in touch with you, because that is a way that you can really exploit the potential of Facebook, like Joshua has, to generate inquiries. So, questions coming in now, Josh from uh, one from Neil is uh, asking if social media were to disappear for tomorrow, or if algorithms change significantly, how do you think your business and its brand would fare? Uh, yes, I'd, I'd pivot. Um, yeah. It's, what we do is we'd literally just do something else, uh, whether that's cold calling, giving out books, flyers. Um, the, the brand would be fine. If the algorithm has changed, 
we don't rely on algorithms. Well, most of the content we do is on people's friends list. That's going to stay the same. And if not, we just do more to get in front of the people. So if I had to do Facebook ads, I'm sure we'd be successful at that. Um, so yeah, we literally just see what the opportunity is at that given time and then make use of that. Mm, absolutely. And just kind of um, following on from that, presumably, although you use social media you said you had a lead magnet so you're also collecting uh, email address is that right and how- yeah to be, to be honest yeah that's something we've neglected at the moment mm-hmm. you know it's not until i started reading a lot of stuff by russell brunson the click funnels yeah. founder that we thought hang on a minute this list could actually be really powerful mm-hmm. um so it's only recently we've actually started looking at making that um and collecting more and more email addresses so that we can you know nurture the prospects um so yeah definitely email marketing is something i would make a key part of the strategy as early on as possible because yeah algorithms change that's great i've still got your email address so i'm being in your inbox absolutely absolutely yeah that's something that um yeah i'm quite uh, vocal about as well is don't build your mansion on rented land and social media yeah. is rented land you know the fact the algorithm is, is in your favor today it may not be tomorrow so you know getting somebody's email address into your prospect database is is an asset that you uh, that you yeah. own that you control um so yeah email marketing is is still important um despite social media so another question is coming in from uh michelle where's it gone where's it gone uh whoops i've uh I've lost your question, Michelle. Uh, but whilst I find that one from Ian, are you saying that there is no point in posting on a Facebook business page and you should just post that content on your personal profile? Uh, no. So you need something on your business page just to basically show that you're a real company. So you want something on there, just some kind of normal content, maybe two or three times a week just to kind of the rubbish that people don't really care about, just maybe like a small tax tip, something like that, how your business is carbon neutral, all of that stuff, just to show that you're a real business. Um, But all of the quality content, you definitely want to put on your profile first. That's not to say you can't recycle and repurpose it, whether it's a shorter bit, a longer bit, just to put on your page, because ultimately people will like that anyway, and it's an asset. But in terms of your number one platform for lead generation, yeah, it should be your personal profile with a little bit of residual content going on your page just to show you're a real company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, I'd echo that, you know, have, have something on your business page, but in terms of how, you're not going to get much exposure for it, but it, it does yeah. show that you are a real business. But in terms of your, your marketing engine, your marketing machine, the face to the world to get more exposure, the, the personal profile is where it's at um, to get it for free. Uh, I found Michelle's question. So Michelle asked, uh, do you find that because you are the face of the company that people want to deal with you and not your team? Uh, Yeah, we've had that some occasions. And it's it's just a case of speaking to the client and saying, yeah, you you know what? Crystal is the best person to speak to that, um, speak speak on that. So as long as you introduce them well enough, that's fine. Um, But yeah, we we did have that problem where people think, okay, yeah, I just want to speak to Josh, speak to Josh. But it's just a case of saying, hang on a minute, there's somebody better better equipped to deal with this than me um, and as long as they do a good job they're nice to the client now most people speak to kind of other people in the team rather than myself absolutely good uh craig is asking using your personal facebook profile for your business would you advise setting up a new profile completely or would it work using the same way with your existing profile 
Um, so yeah, you need to be careful here because Facebook doesn't really like you having two profiles. So there is a risk that you'll lose both of them. Um, but yeah, definitely set up a, a new profile if you do want to keep all your personal life separate or just give up on Facebook from a personal point of view. Realistically, you're probably spending too much time there anyway. Um, so you could be doing better things with that. So maybe look at switching that to a business one and then getting yourself in front of your ideal clients using it. Yeah. Um, yeah, what I would say, I'd, I'd say, yeah, I, you know, don't have two profiles because like Josh shared, you know, even new profiles that you set up won't be looked at kindly. So if you have an existing profile, just turn that into your business profile. I'm sure, you know, your friends and family aren't going to mind if you start posting out business content. In fact, you probably find that they're yeah. the ones that are supporting you, which is going to help your posts because they'll like and comment, which is all great. And then you can have separate. Some, some of, yeah, some of the better content we put out as well isn't, it's nothing to do with accounts and tax. It's just you know, funny memes and stuff like that, that people, they get the biggest um, shares and stuff like that. So yeah, if you can put funny gifts and stuff like that on your Facebook, that's absolutely great because people are going to like that. People are going to share that. And ultimately when they see the person whose profile shared that, they're going to see Joshua Tharby, click on that property accountant. Can this guy help me? So mm-hmm. you, as long as you put a wide mix out content out, you're going to appeal um, in all those different areas. Absolutely. I, you know, the ultimate aim is, is just to be, just to be known. It's awareness, isn't it? It's all that top of the funnel yeah. stuff that you want to get your name out there and how best to get it out there. Then putting something on Facebook that friends and family are going to share and comment on and also your potential uh, audience. Shah Ahmed is asking, what's your average fees and how many clients do you currently manage? Yes. At the moment we've probably got about 140 and our average fee is about 1500 a year. 1500 a year. Good. Do you have a minimum fee, Josh? Yeah, so our minimum fee is 100 a month. Okay. Uh, and typically, what would that include? Uh, just the kind of basics, year-end stuff. That's it for us for a small property company, um, all, all the kind of year-end essentials. Cool. Uh, Dean is asking, have you ever used LinkedIn Sales Navigator or have a LinkedIn business page? If so, have they been effective for you? Uh, we've got a LinkedIn business page, but we've probably only had two or three leads from LinkedIn over the past year or so. Um, it's not something I focus on simply because all other accountants are on LinkedIn by the looks of it. So yeah. why go somewhere? I, I like to think that whatever everyone else is doing, I try and do the opposite. Um, so, you know, that's why we're on Facebook, just doing going completely against the grain and against the crowd. Mm, absolutely. Good advice there. Um, Neil's asking, how big is your team, Josh? Uh, it says five of us, including myself. And, and do you outsource at all? We did previously, but it's just not really worked. Um, so that's something we're focused on at the moment. Still trying to find right team members. Um, that's probably the, the only problem we've really got is finding the right staff in order to continue with our growth. So yeah, trying to bring it in-house to make sure that the quality is there and everything that's being done right is a problem. We've outsourced in the past and it's just not for us. And what are the, so what's, uh, what's the future hold for JSM Partners? What do you want to achieve? You've, you've clearly done very well uh, in the last couple of years. What does the next 12 months hold? What would, uh, what would make you feel successful in your progress if we were having this chat 12 months from now? Yeah, so in the next 12 months, we're certainly going to double, double in size again. So looking to add um, at least £250,000 of new fees um, this year, which, you know, it's a client a day. Um, is, is what what we're saying in the office. We don't want apples a day. We want clients per day. Um, so yeah, client a day and we'll get there. Fantastic. That's great to have such uh, such ambitious and lofty ambitions. Um, brilliant. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how are you, uh, I'm sure other accountants are kind of thinking, oh my God, a client a day, how on earth do you manage to kind of get any work done if you're constantly onboarding? Kind of what, what systems do you have in place to 
so that you can manage bringing on board a client a day. Yeah, so we've got Pixie, Trello, um, and then it's just great staff really that are happy to do the work. So yeah, most of the onboarding stuff not really done by myself. Um, so as long as we can get the right team in to basically cope with that, I shouldn't be a bottleneck in that. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, all right, so parting advice then from you, Josh, to um, you know your your fellow uh, accounting firm owners out there. What are what are the kind of three wise words of advice you would give uh, to somebody who who wants that uh, the kind of exponential growth that you have got and are looking to get in the next year or so? Yeah, I'd say stop thinking you're an accountant, you're a marketer. Um, definitely, I'm, I call myself you know entrepreneur, marketing uh, marketer first. I'm an accountant last. End of the day, um, so start thinking differently and basically start getting out of your comfort zone. Don't think about how easy it might be to write this blog article. Do what's difficult because ultimately that's what brings the best results. Fantastic! That's great, great uh, wise words there from Josh. Thank you all for listening. If you've got any other questions, you know, listening on the replay, feel free to to put them in the um, in the comments and I'm sure Joshua will be uh, kind of generous enough to come back and answer any yeah. questions that uh, that follow from this. So Josh, thank you once again. Thank you all for listening and um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you on the next Facebook Live uh, Stroke uh, podcast. So take care everyone and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks again, Josh. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more free content, videos, and resources, visit www.rezahuda.com. And if you haven't already, come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.